0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. When it comes to doing the will of God, often we're the ones standing in the way. Moses put up many roadblocks as God called Moses to deliver his people but the Lord overcame them all. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Exodus chapter 4 on Simply the Bible.
0: God appeared to Moses in a burning bush to call him to deliver the people from Egyptian bondage. But immediately Moses had objections. Who am I that I should go? Who shall I say sent me? One by one, God met Moses' objections and gave him a plan for delivering the people. God had called Moses, but Moses kept putting up roadblocks. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. I have noticed that there are some people that no matter what you say, no matter how good the idea may be, they will always find what's wrong with it. They will always see the negative side of it. I tend to avoid such people when I have a new idea because I know they'll just shoot it down. Moses could see every potential problem with God's plan, but he wasn't seeing the power of God to bring it all about. Moses doubted, and doubt is a real hindrance to following God. Now, it doesn't mean that we are to turn a blind eye to problems or to the reality. We have to look like David did at Goliath. He saw Goliath. He saw he was big. He saw that he was a giant, but he understood that God was much bigger than Goliath. And we need to see our giants in relationship to Almighty God. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Moses's rod was the instrument with which he was most familiar. He used it every day in his job as a sheep herder. He'd been doing it for 40 years. Now, God told him to cast it onto the ground, and immediately it became a serpent. What does Moses do? He runs away. I find this rather humorous. I mean, just think of it. Here is the deliverer of Israel running away from his staff. Come to think of it, I guess I sort of run away from my staff on my day off. But it is interesting that God would choose something so ordinary to be the means by which he would prove that he had appeared to Moses. So what's in your hand? Sometimes we are waiting for God to reveal to us some spectacular new work, and and then we think God will use us. But wait a minute. God typically uses the thing that we are most familiar with, and he blesses it, and he takes it to a new level. So God uses our ordinary talents to work in extraordinary ways. I remember my pastor telling me, Of this woman, she lost her husband and she had never worked. She raised her children and she didn't know what she was going to do when her husband died. Didn't leave her much of a life insurance policy. So she had to do something. And the only thing that she really knew how to do was to make pies. But she made really, really good pies. And so that's what she did. She just started making pies and selling them to various restaurants and so forth. And She ended up becoming a very successful businesswoman simply because she took what talent she had from God and just presented it to him, and God opened the doors. And so often, that's really the way the Lord uses us. An illustration that's a little bit closer to home is with my wife. A little bit over a year ago, she was just sitting in our living room, and the Lord just spoke to her very clearly, calling her back into real estate. She had done it a number of years ago before we moved to Boise, and had then got involved with other things, uh, raising our kids. She was the administrator of our school for a while. And, and uh, then looked after my mom as she had come to live with us for a period of time, for two years. But the Lord was just calling her back into this field that she had really been good at. And as she began to do it again, the Lord has just blessed her and and opened many doors of opportunity for her, both at her office and with the clients that she works with. And it's just very clear that the Lord has called her and is using her and is blessing her. The whole thing is it really isn't so much what we do, but has God called us into it? And if he has, then just offer that up to the Lord and he will bless it. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. And he said, Put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd sort of be freaked out if I stuck my hand underneath my shirt against my chest and pulled it out and it was diseased and leprous, white as snow. Uh, But then he put it back in and he pulled it out and it was like regular. Sort of of the now you see it, now you don't thing. Uh, But this was a lot more than a parlor trick because God was showing that He brings diseases, but he also heals. This would be especially relevant when God brought the plagues against the Egyptians. God's witness to the world is to take people who are diseased by their sins and restore them before the world. That shows that God is powerful. That shows that God has really met with us. A transformed life. Defies all arguments. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it out on the dry land, and the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Now, later on, God would turn the waters of Egypt into blood as one of the plagues that he would bring against Pharaoh and the gods of the Egyptians. This was just sort of a sneak preview of coming attractions. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Now hold on. Didn't the Holy Spirit speaking through Stephen? Say in Acts 7.22 that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds? So how is it that Moses would say, I am not eloquent neither before nor since? The fact of the matter is, he was a really good spokesman in Egypt. But the 40 years in the desert had changed Moses' opinion of himself. Now he realized that his public speaking skills had deteriorated over lack of use, or perhaps simply because the only intelligent conversation he had was with a bunch of sheep, and he had lost his confidence. Moses had become discouraged, and and this is one of the greatest hindrances to us following the call of God, discouragement. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. God is the one who makes the mouth. He is the giver of gifts. He gives strength to the weak. That's why all we really need to know is, did God call us to do it? Our ability has nothing to do with it. And it's been said God isn't looking for our ability. He's looking for our availability because he can give us everything that we lack. Incidentally, God claims responsibility here for making the mute, deaf, and blind. We may not understand why certain people are born with birth defects, but God made them that way. It's not for us to seek an explanation but to recognize that each person is precious in the eyes of God regardless of his or her disabilities and they have a purpose. At our church we have a meet and greet time and one of my favorite things is to give a hug to a kid in our church that has Down syndrome. He gives the greatest hugs of anybody in our church. Think how God has mightily used people like Helen Keller, Johnny Eric Santata, or Nick Voyacek, verse 13. But he said, Oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Often, when people raise objection after objection, it's really masking the real issue that's deep within. The fact of the matter was, Moses didn't want to get involved. 40 years earlier, He saw himself as the leader of the Hebrews, but now he simply wanted to be left alone in his little corner of the desert of Sinai, far away from the plight of the Hebrews in Egypt. Disinterest, indifference, apathy, these are all roadblocks to responding to the call of God. But our God is compassionate, and he is looking for those servants who will share his compassion for a lost and needy world. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, "Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. Now the Lord had been amazingly patient with Moses till this point. But when Moses said, send someone else, then the Lord's anger was aroused. God had prepared Moses for 80 years to be the instrument of his deliverance. He wasn't about to change his plan now. Yet even in this, God condescended to Moses in appointing Aaron to be his spokesman. God will meet us where we're at. He'll take us with whatever faith that we have, but he will always seek to bring us to a greater faith. And the Lord would appoint Aaron to be Moses' spokesman, But it wasn't his first choice. Later, it would be Aaron who would yield to the passions and the pressure of the people to make a golden calf. Listen, if God calls you, then don't try to pass it off onto somebody else. If the other person was God's first choice, then he would have called that person, not you. What roadblocks are hindering you from following the call of God? It really is just a matter of getting your eyes off yourself and onto the Lord and saying simply, here I am, Lord, use me.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Moses agreed to return to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel, but tomorrow we'll see that because he neglected one thing, he almost lost his life. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.